Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The elves had noticed that every so often, all the dragons in the world would go berserk and lose all semblance of self-control, often turning on one another and just kind of descending into madness. Is this a blood moon or something? Oh, man, Jamie, out of nowhere. Welcome back to the internet's number one fake history podcast, The Lore Boys. Today's episode, we're going to be returning to the Forgotten Realm setting of Dungeons and Dragons uh, and taking a look at one of the most iconic villains from the world's best-selling tabletop RPG, Tiamat. Uh, I'm your host, Ethan Palmer. With me, as always, is James and Peter. Hi, Hello. James and Peter. Hello. It's, it's I'm the greenhead because I'm wearing green. Yeah, Jamie, what color are you? Uh, the white head. You just you just smeared white Vaseline all over your face. Jamie's yeah. in white face for this episode. I was gonna yeah. say red. <clears throat> I was gonna say red for the red beard, but I guess we could just go by the color of my skin. <laughs> That's how I know it's the you. color of the, the cream of your character means nothing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get a, I get a dry face. I got to put a, put a lot of Vaseline on it. Okay, uh, and I will be uh, just a human human wizard. I'm not I'm what? not even ahead of Tiamat. Yeah. That's an option. It's right. my normal self. Yeah. Uh, thanks for all. Uh, thanks for listening, I guess, to everyone who is listening right now. Uh, thanks also to our patrons, all of you. But uh, I guess a special shout out is deserving of our two newest patrons who Pete is pulling up their names as I'm looking at them. Yep, we've got uh, Bjorn uh, and Infinite Journeys. Um I like that Bjorn subscribed with uh, six New Zealand dollars. So I don't know if that's more or less, but thank you or fuck you, depending on the yeah. rate. <laughs> every time, every time somebody like pays in not USD, we get the like, the amount in the not USD, and it's sometimes it's just like the weird. Like I know Canadian is always four fifty for the three dollar tier, yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool to see like the different exchange rates uh, apply different amounts. Welcome and thank you, guys. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks, thanks, thanks. If you guys want to, uh, if you guys are interested in supporting the show and helping us keep the, um, you know, the lights on for all this podcasting we do, uh, we do have a link to our Patreon uh, in the description of this episode, or you can go to patreoncom boys where we have a couple different tiers that you can check out if you're interested. But more on that at the end of the episode. Let's talk about some lore, huh? Yeah, yeah. you guys want actually, to? I know Tiamat just through. Because gamers game, dude, and Tiamat's okay, got to show up somewhere. I've heard the we'll name start. as well, Let, yeah. Let's start with what you guys know about Tiamat, I guess. James, you want to go first? So I don't remember what lore this is from, but I remember when like a bunch of dragons all end up in one place and get all angry, then like Tiamat can just form out of all of them. And I'd like it's just like the, the uber dragon with every single colored head. And um, it's like one of the strongest fantasy creatures I could think of. 
Um, cool. Okay. Yeah, that's that's about as much as I know. Uh, and it shows up. Tiamat will show up in like a bunch of other stuff. Like I think it's a summon in Final Fantasy. Um, I think it could be. Could be. Yeah, it, it ends up in a lot of other fantasy stuff because it's such a cool character. Pete, what think, do you know? Huh? I think the name is from the Old Testament, which why the Final Fantasy VII summon would make sense because a lot of those names are from the Old Testament. Um, and I've seen the figurine at the hobby shop I was going to during the pandemic when I was briefly infatuated with painting Warhammer 40k. Um, and I know there's a Tiamat figurine that was unpainted, gigantic, five-headed dragon, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like the queen you know of dragons. Headed, like. you, know what, you know what five colors the heads are. Because last week we talked about, so last week we talked about Dragonlance lore. We did a lot of talking about dragons. This yeah. week we're talking about Forgotten Realms slash Faerun uh which is just another world not the dragon setting this is this is i guess the the de facto or in a lot of cases the default D setting like this is the sword coast and, and kind of the water deep baldur's gate all that stuff happens in, in faerun i guess um but the rules for dragons are generally the same so what five heads that five doesn't heads. take it's that's all the colors and that's all the metals it's just roy gb it doesn't go all the way to biv is there a is there like a a metal Tiamat that has all like the the gold, the bronze, the silver, the There is not a five-headed metallic dragon. There is a platinum oh. dragon that leads that is the god of uh metallic dragons, whom oh. we'll talk a little bit about as well. This I this was almost like the episode of Tiamat and Bahamut, who is the the platinum dragon. Uh <gasps> the other summon from the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then which is a big ass metal dragon now that I remember yeah. pointing yeah. that out. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, yeah I was going to do both of them but it, it felt too too clustered so I did a couple of revisions on this this episode um, had to go back through it a few times just because of uh, I used a lot of sources I used as many as I could uh, obviously as always um, but um, you know there's stuff from second edition which we're going to kind of start with and then there's stuff published as recently as like 2019 uh, and like, there's a lot of overlap, and there's a little bit of Lower Boys Canon that we're going to inject, and a lot like Lower Boys Canon is is typically just reading between the lines of like some of the assumptions made, but um, or you googled wrong and just want to fill space. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, yeah, not Google wrong. It's all primary sources, so I, I right. I, of used, course, yeah. I used all PDFs and and you you uh, do good research, man. I do. I, I enjoy the research of of especially like D and D and like Elder Scrolls and magic and stuff like that. Like I yeah. enjoy reading the story, so I, I don't mind doing it at all. And like for me, who plays a lot of D and D and does a lot of like tabletop games and and loves to DM, like I love the world building aspects of it. So these are, these are like my favorite parts of those games, really. Um, so I, I don't mind it at all. It just it takes time. <laughs> is, is my main yeah. problem. Yeah, I usually like experiencing whatever the subject is myself, and then I'll go for a, a secondary source, someone who me too willing yeah. to explain it all to me, and I don't have to <laughs> read as much. But that's what hopefully game, this show is audiobook. About. Definitely yeah. my favorite way to put something. Or uh, don't rewatch Evangelion. And to address the controversy, Shinji does not jack off to his mom's clone. It's a different unconscious fourteen-year-old. I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Okay. I don't remember that at all. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're we're gonna start. We're gonna start with Tiamat. We're gonna start. Uh, I guess with just a description of, of Tiamat. Um, after that, we'll we'll jump into kind of the creation myth. Creation myth. Excuse me. For, for, <laughs> I've been doing that a lot recently. I don't know if I'm having a stroke. I mean, I got like four hours of sleep last night. But uh, creation myth for dragons in the in the world of Forgotten Realms. Um, so important distinction that that I already mentioned last episode on Dragonlance, another universe. 
the dragons essentially work the same where metallic dragons are the good aligned dragons, uh, chromatic dragons. So being the colors, so red, blue, black, green, and white are the evil dragons. Um, largely unchanged from Dragonlance. So I, I'm not going to, not going to talk about that too, too much, I guess. Um, oh, I don't know why, but I always felt it was the opposite. Uh, even though you probably told us last time you, we talked, about, we talked about it a lot yeah. last week. We talked about how yeah. the, uh, the green dragons were the, uh, the mustard gas dragons. The war crime dragons. Right. Yeah. yeah. And the reds ones were super snooty and above everyone else. I thought that they were, yeah. okay. I thought that was all just jokes and stuff. Okay, cool. No, Colors bad. In Dragonlance lore, good. in Dragonlance lore, you remember from last week, it was the, uh, the uh, good god and the evil goddess created all the dragons. And then the mm. evil goddess corrupted them. The good god mourned them and and had the creation god make statues, which he gave life. Like he right. he had them make the statues. That's the dragon lancelor, and that's I feel like an easier way to remember is that Thank there was you, a trick yeah. which turned the chromatic dragons evil, uh, and so like the good ones are are good statues of of those. Cool, but like uh, okay, color and then metal is nature versus technology. So like the good and evil in that order does kind of like in a pinch kind of stand to reason in your head. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so we're gonna start with a quote because uh, you guys love quotes. This one's from uh, Carl Sargent's Monster Mythology uh, from the second edition uh, Advanced Dungeons & Dragons. So 80s uh, is where we are. Avaricious, supremely vain, and profoundly lawful evil. Tiamat proclaims herself the creator of all all of evil dragon kind, and certainly many evil dragons revere her as their creator and patron deity. She infests the uppermost of the nine hells with her consorts, each a great worm of different color, one red, one white, one green, one blue, and one black. Whether or not Tiamat is truly the creator of all evil dragons is a subtle question. As Io contains all alignments, evil is born from within her, and in this sense, Tiamat is not a prime creator. However, she may have been in some sense a midwife of the coming of evil dragons into the world, as Bahamut is often seen as the force who drew good dragons from Io's being. Hmm. She keeps an active and eager watch over evil dragon kind and ever stirs them to further avarice, pride, and wickedness. She herself is hateful, spiteful, never forgetting any kind of slight, and she enjoys such wretched, wretched pastimes as torture, bickering, and fighting among her consorts, as well as destroying valuables and treasures which her avatars bring to her, sometimes as offerings from mortal evil dragons. So uh, I know that was a, a heavy one up front, uh, yeah. already already naming some some fun fantasy names and, and things like that. Um, kind of what, what we've already said, Tiamat is the goddess of evil chromatic dragons, specifically the evil ones. She's five-headed with a head for each chromatic color, right? Right, right, yeah. In opposition, in opposition to her, uh, again, what, we, what we've already covered, uh, in the lore is Bahamut, the platinum dragon deity of law and justice. Okay. Um, what, Ethan, do you know what I'm talking about whenever too many dragons get it one, into one place? And then... That is, Tiam- uh, that is Malazan, and you're is thinking it Tiam? of... Yeah, Tiam, who is based, okay. for sure based on Tiamat. Okay, uh, okay. And who is opposed by Korobos, the uh, okay. Ochitaro dragon. Yeah, you can't. You got to keep your dragons separated, or else a, an evil dragon god will just yeah, form. Exactly. Yeah, it's like the okay. gremlins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a it's like a rat king, right? Yes. All their tails get stuck together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so okay, Tiamat and Bahamut. Some real world mythology for you guys. Tiamat is the Mesopotamian god, primordial goddess of the sea. She is the okay. chaos of primordial creation and referred to as the glistening one. She is often described as monstrous and embodiment of primordial chaos, often identifying her with images of a sea serpent or dragon. So wow. in, in real Mesopotamian lore, uh, she's often uh, she's chaotic, which is, is kind of true for Tiamat as well, and often depicted as a dragon. Alternate, alternately, 
Arabian mythology has the figure Bahamut, who is a giant fish <laughs> who lives in the sea and holds the world on their back. Or, more accurately, they hold an ox, which holds a slab of solid gemstone, which holds an angel, which holds the world on their back. I see. Uh, okay. Muhammad is essentially a giant fish at the bottom of this kind of human human ladder of, of an ox, a slab of gemstone, an angel, and then the world at the top. The cheerleaders that hold up the world, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to say we Arabian talked about Jenga. It. <laughs> <laughs> you, go. you gotta pull the ox out from <laughs> the angel. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh arabian jenga and arabian yahtzee um yep so i think we talked about on the pokemon episode bahamut actually because it's the root of the word behemoth uh and and so that's Groudon the... would be the behemoth in that story right it's a land because kyogre the sea beast is, Levi- is leviathan oh okay yeah, so Bahamut's a giant fish. That's why I, in my head I was like, it's Kyogre, but we we definitely talked <laughs> yeah. about it in we talked about Bahamut myth and, and yeah. do we know what kind of fish? Is he is he like a, a grouper? Is he like a catfish? Is he I a, saw is, I saw one picture of him, a which was like, would be good because he's flat. You could really get a pyramid on top of that thing. <laughs> he's from ancient Arabia, so he's like a fish that a, a fourth grader drew. You know what I mean? Oh, like, of course, oh yeah. it's not yeah. it's yeah, it's not they uh, didn't live long in an ancient Arabia. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying? I don't know. That's like the desert. So I'm saying like, art, art perspectives in ancient Arabia weren't necessarily where they are in like right. Da Vinci's time. So we're not going to be able to tell necessarily what fish was like right. hastily painted on this clay fire to earn. Right? Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Got it. The ancient okay, Assyrians didn't have like a proper judge of perspective or yeah. like our cubism or anything I mean, like that. I mean, that. The, the world didn't have a proper view, uh, like grasp on perspective for like another thousand years. So. Thousand years, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the guy with the pointy stick wasn't uh, experimenting with color at this point. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> a guy uh, just like looking through like a, a hollow branch, like trying to figure out the rule of thirds. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, like caveman DOP for the, yeah. for the cave painting. He <laughs> yeah. has an actual uh, Nautilus shell for like the golden ratio. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, used of to yeah. yeah just <laughs> press it up against things. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so we, we kind of talked about um, like Io in that in that quote from the monster mythology being the the progenitor of all of dragon kind. There's a couple different dragon creation myths in the in the canon. Um, like all like and I talk about this all the time, so we won't dwell on it too much, but I, I love the ones like in Elder Scrolls and like in D D where it's like it's unclear because they're creation myths and everyone kinda has their own take on it and like it's right. what they believe and there's no sense in like enshrining one as canon, but uh so Tiamat's origins specifically are not cut and dry. Uh there's conflicting accounts, there's some straight up contradiction, depending who you ask. Uh some say Tiamat, Bahamut, and the dragon god of death Null were the children of Asgarath or Io in the in the in uh, the quote that I just read you guys Io is also known as Asgarath. Um cool. you guys I I'm not seeing any sparks of recognition which is good cuz Io is the uh um, is a rune in Diablo 2. True? True, true, true. Yeah. Uh, never mind there was a spark of recognition and it was it was dumber than the one that I was worried about you having. So that's good. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking the moon of Jupiter and I was like it's a volcano that's a, that's a cool place to like breed dragons, right? Yeah. No, um you guys will remember our very first D and D episode. We talked about somebody named Ao, uh, whom whom we referenced as Steve Aoki, who was the essentially oh. the the first god 
of he threw uh, a cake in the face. I'm sure we made this joke already. Yeah, we, okay, we did. Got Absolutely. it. Got it. Got it. Got uh, <laughs> so yeah, we did six years ago or, or whatever. So or seven years ago almost now. So you don't need like to worry about it too much. Nineteenth episode from 2017. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. D&D. Uh, so we talked about Ao being the progenitor god who created the universe. Essentially, Io is like the the dragon parallel to that, but they are not the same being. Mm. Um, okay. So the dragons do have their own like created all things person, but not Ao. And who's Null again? That's Null is the dragon god of death. Uh, yeah. who we'll talk a, a bit about later, but don't don't focus too much. I'm just I'm I'm giving you guys, I guess, the some of the very short uh potential uh um like kickoffs for for dragons in in Forgotten Realms. I like Nell. That. That's cool. Zero delicate god of death. Everything yeah, has yeah. to like equal nothing. You know, like yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about them a bit later or them a bit later. But they have like two forms too, where they're like they're essentially like the the ferryman, um, uh, Karen. Karen, uh, whatever, yeah. Karen, and, yeah, and they're, they're like Greek. they're both Karen, and then they're also like more of like a Kratos, like a like a or like an Ares, like a like a god who delivers death as well. So okay. they kind of have two aspects. Can Love you that. imagine running like the River Sticks racket of like killing and transporting your own souls? Right, yeah. <laughs> bullshit. True, Biz- business is booming. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's some, that's some Sopranos shit right there. We're talking about that on the bonus. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, another uh, creation myth, the ancient draconic myth Elegy for the First World contends that Bahamut and Tiamat simply coalesced from the primordial chaos at the beginning of time. It's the most boring possible, uh, the most boring of these potential uh, creation myths. So just disregard that one. Um, the Dragonborn, whom we'll talk about who the Dragonborn are towards the end of this episode, but the Dragonborn, which is a playable humanoid race of like dragon people, essentially. <laughs> um, they believe that Bahamut and Tiamat were born from the sundered corpse of Asgarath when the god of creation was killed in the Dawn War. It's said that Asgarath, in her hubris, tried to face alone the primordial Eric Hus. Uh, the Dawn War, which we have talked about on an episode of, of D&D, again, it was a million years ago. Essentially, it's it's like the gods and the primordials at the dawn of time. I don't know if you guys remember this, but Ibir Toril was the name of the planet. At the end of the Dawn War, they split the planet into two, Ibir and Toril, okay. where Ibir, they gave to the, the gods gave to the primordials, and uh, Toril, the, the gods kept for themselves, essentially, because they like they just couldn't stop fighting with each other. That's ringing remember, a bell. But like, Toril <laughs> is definitely a word that was already in my head when you just said it, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, nothing yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, before you mentioning the, <laughs> the dragonborn got me into thinking, like, in the Shrek universe, is there like a dragon <laughs> centaur where it's like... The- <laughs> Have bottom half of a donkey and then the top half of like a dragon. Or, a dragon. or I mean, yeah, canonically, donkeys donkey has kids, doesn't he? Yeah, and they have like little yeah. donkey heads and yeah. little like little like dragonite wings, basically. Right. Yeah. It's it's probably like mules though, where they can't uh, make another yeah, one afterwards. Little boys cannon. Yes, little boys cannon. Donkey and dragons children are sterile. That is the end of his bloodline. Okay. <laughs> so the the kingdom of Donkey it has will no, descend into ruin after one of his children gets syphilis and goes mad. Well, this yeah. is how donkeys work. They get one. They could breed with anything, but they just get one, you know? And they don't get to keep going after that unless they breed with their own kind. Yeah. And donkeys just get one. <laughs> um right. okay, so the Dawn War at the beginning of time, we have gods fighting against primordials, Asgarath, this uh dragon god of creation, yep. takes on the primordial Arachus. Eric, who's also known as the King of Terror, not exactly to be fucked with, uh, <laughs> hefting his adamantine axe, Eric Hus cleft Asgarath clean in twain, 
it's Whoa. from these two halves that Tiamat and Bahamut are said to have risen. So he essentially cuts her in half, and look, the one he cuts them, per, her, <laughs> he cuts Asgrath perfectly, perfectly along the good and evil line. Yeah, that we all oh, have inside of, of us, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, I was going to say that. Yes, <laughs> the, the, the evil side rises as Tiamat, and the good side rises as Bahamut. That's the Dragonborn interpretation of the. Uh, it's the uh, right hand, left hand thing, right? Like, and yes, Ambi and Sinestro, or Dextros and Sinestros. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in uh, another source, Nigel Finley at Al's Draconomicon, the dragons were created after Asgarath cast down a primordial god known as Zotha. The only mention of Zotha in anything I could find was this one source, source where they just mentioned him being cast down, essentially. Okay. Uh, As- Asgarath, more commonly called Io in the Outer Plains, is the dragon deity of creation, as I kind of said, um, is regarded as the progenitor of both the multiverse and dragonkind. So, whereas, uh, Ao was said to have created the universe. Io somehow has created the the multiverse, I guess, and like parallel dimensions and and um, all like different planes and things like that. Uh, so I have a a longer quote from you guys from the Draconomicon, uh, which kind of explains this this second uh, or this this final creation myth. The what was the author's name again? Sorry, uh, Nigel Nigel Finley. Yeah, Nigel, Nigel Finley is Powell, yeah, such he's... such a fucking D and D author ass name. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, uh, I pictured Nigel Thornberry as soon as he said it. Wow. Just like... wow. <laughs> the world was still flat here before the beginning. Here before the beginning of time, still before, before Asgarath, the world shaper folded the cloth of existence into its final form. The world was flat, and above it hung the crystal sun that Zotha had wrought before Asgarath cast him down. Asgarath soared above the world and looked down upon it, and she saw that it was good. And so Asgarath bent her form around the crystal sun and touched her breath to it. And the crystal sun burst into fragments that pierced the flesh of Asgarath, and her blood fell on the world. Where the drops fell, the powers of the world and the powers of the crystal sun came together, and the spawn of Asgarath came forth upon the face of the world. Red they were. Red that would later depart from its purity. But here before the beginning of time, their red was the pure red of the shattered crystal sun. They spread their wings and took to the skies, circling around the still, cold form of Asgarath. One after another, score upon score, they bent their breath against the body of Asgarath, and the skies rang with their lamentations. Only one of the spawn of Asgarath withheld his breath. Instead, he pulled a shard from the crystal sun from the flesh of Asgarath and used it to draw blood from his own flesh, and this blood fell upon the face of the world. As before, there was movement where the blood fell, but the creatures that came forth from this blood were not of the pure red. Colored like the products of the world they were, like the unliving metals. And the renegade raised his voice, and his voice was a trumpet. I too have created. The form of Asgarath began to stir, as the renegade knew it must. The renegade spread his wings and flew, and the spawn of the renegade followed him into the farthest reaches of the world. So again, a lot to unpack there. Um, First of all, Asgarath, crazy move. Yeah, wow, right? Uh, right? What, what, you fold myself around a sun and explode it with my breath. No, I, know what? I, re- I swear to God, I really don't want to do this on every episode. I say that, and then I also always do creation myths. But like, I love this bullshit because that's written exactly like a real world creation myth, where it's just like, yeah. oh yeah, this this person just like went forth and like decided to die one day. Um, yeah, and renegade photocopy of a photocopy never works. I saw that clone movie. So yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Um, is is this red dragon that I'm assuming red dragon, the pure blood dragon? Is this Thember showed? Is he a part of this at all? I don't know who Thember showed is, so you're gonna oh, have, you're yeah. gonna have to explain to me and the listeners who that is. I like uh, that name. 
it sounds like it sounds like your the name for your sleep paralysis demon or something like the stubber show gonna be in this episode Uh, it's a fun french name for your charmander yeah no uh it's because now that the movie's out i can talk about it's in theaters the dragon in the trailers for d and for the D D movie that just came out is thember showed and i know i googled it at some point and like in the lore he's one of the he's like the the primary red dragon gotcha gotcha yeah Running hot. No, Show him. Father of Flame, the ever burning in the Foundry's heart. This is not him. Okay, so Big God goes around the sun, explodes the sun. The blood creates the angels? crystal sun. The crystal sun specifically, because and it, it's not the normal sun. It's this second crystal sun that this god Zotha was said to have built in the sky. And we're gonna get into what this crystal sun was. Okay. okay. But, uh, and do we know at the first level is angels or no, what are we it's calling dragons? Them? It's chromatic Dragon. dragons. So chromatic this dragon. is red. Red they were, red that would later depart from its purity. Right. Uh, but here before the beginning of time, the red was the pure red of the shattered crystal sun. So this red dragon comes. Now it, it's, so yeah, this, this crystal sun slays uh, Asgarath from his, his blood and body rise dragons. Right. Chromatic dragon specifically. Um, okay. In, in the fiction, so in, in the, the Draconomicon is a real book that you can buy. This is a quote of a fictional book within that book very very okay. elder scrolls again right yeah, uh, yeah. And that fictional book is called the book of the world so in in the fiction it said that this book was fan, found in a land known as azram and was written in a language called thoras so in the original thoras language and we saw thor's ass in the movie even <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i like i like how this this real book you can buy about fake things has a fake book about fake things, and there's yeah. a like a fake Rosetta Stone as well. Yeah. Like within, yeah. Right? Very so cool. in the original Thoras script, it said that breath that like because his his blood fell from him, Asgras or, or her, excuse me, Asgras mm-hmm. blood fell from her, and it creates these red dragons. They rise from the blood, right? And they it said that they start to breathe their their like breath weapons essentially against the body. Um. In the uh, in the original Thoras, that breath is like pluralized. It's like a collective noun in a way that implies multiple breaths from a single dragon, like a five-headed dragon, maybe. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's kind of implied that Tiamat <laughs> was the first to rise from his blood. I just realized that now with Twitch culture, five-headed dragon also means a very smart dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it's, the internet is a disease, dude. You are sick. It is. Yeah, you are you're sick, sick baby. <laughs> no, it really is. There is. I, I forget the name. Oh. Uh, 200 iq five-headed dragon plays is that what you're getting at (laughs) no like there there was like an earthquake in chad or something and it's like chad earthquake wrecks the whole city and and everyone's just thinking yeah what a chad earthquake (laughs) 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 unplug your ethernet right now guys brains are poison yeah okay so there's an implication that the tmat was the first rise from his breath what i said uh what the quote says after that is there was one who essentially refuses to uh, breathe his breath on the uh, on the corpse of Asgarath, instead grabs a crystal, uh, a shard of the crystal sun, makes himself bleed, and where that blood falls, the uh, corrupted dragons, like the unliving metals of the world, so metallic dragons is, is what can be applied, implied there. And this one is called the Renegade, and the and the metallic dragons are called the spawn of the Renegade. Hmm. The Thoras oh, word, the Thoras word for Renegade is Bahamut. Baham, Baham. Oh, right? so, I didn't expect them to be the good guys because they're the photocopy of the photocopy, but it's a good album too. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I yeah, it's it's like it's interesting how I I like to think of it as um this like act of violence which killed Asgarath yeah. uh actually like led to um led to the evil ones because it's like the violence itself that created those drops of blood and we'll kind and yeah we'll we'll talk about something called tearfall uh or the month of mists or the seven turn winter which is probably what this event that this fable this myth whatever is is referring to this like actual event i guess so of of the crystal sun shattering and crashing down to the earth it it's probably tearfall that they're that they're they're speaking of also called the month of mists or the seven turn winter this is where a comet collides with the world uh so another quote for you guys this one's from the forgotten realms campaign guide by cordell greenwood and sims in the final days of the Batraki civilization, circa negative 31,000 DR, so 31,000 BC, okay. an unimaginable catastrophe struck Toril. It is said that the amphibioids were waging a losing war against the titan armies of Anam's brood. In their desperation, the Batraki performed an epic ritual of summoning that released seven, several primordials from their imprisonment. The gods quickly moved against their ancient foes, resulting in terrible earthquakes, fires, and windstorms that swept across the planet. During the tumult, a primordial calling herself Asgaroth, the world shaper, even hurled an ice moon at Toril, intent on destroying the world she couldn't claim as her own. Yet before the world was torn completely asunder, the hidden one intervened. Lord Ao, the, the first god, created a twin of the planet, granting the primordial's dominion over the new world of Abir and the god's control over the original world of Toril. Okay. Ancient Saruk accounts remark of, on the changing of the stars, but until the spell plague and the return of, of Abir, very few paid these legends any heed. These primordials are just like children, yeah. dude. It's like you get your own planet, just yeah, don't mess exactly. with things. Like, yeah, it's fine. We'll, we'll this break is into as it. complicated as actual religious text. And I did want to comment if our sacred texts here on Earth had amphibioids in them, I would be a way more spiritual <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm doing Ramadan for the amphibioids, dude. Like, I'm converting now. <laughs> Jesus was a merfolk, he gets us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought I thought we'd be against them. Like on the, the Crusades, we'd be slaying frog people. Yeah, reclaim the Holy Land from the Amphibians. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> just like full-on paladins just fighting frog people. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like honestly the beginning of a human paladin in World of Warcraft, but yeah. So I mean what I what I so this references a, a primordial name Asgoroth. Not Asgarath, who's the dragon that we know, but the world shaper kind of implies it's the same thing. I'm inclined to believe it's the same person. Uh, also, like one of the other creation myths that we heard, where Eric Hus, the primordial, like cut uh, Asgarath in half. Eric Hus was the primordial, but in this account, Asgarath is listed as a primordial who does hurl this moon at the earth, right? Okay. Essentially, this comet at the earth. Um, so like you say, Pete, it's like pretty contradictory, like just like real religious texts, like this is Hebrew and, and Christianity, like Judaism and Christianity essentially, or, or Islam and Christianity, where it's just like the same source material, but they're, they're like taking it completely different ways, basically exact opposite ways. Right. Yeah, well, we all yeah. have the amphibioid monomyth, right? That's I was going to say yeah. <laughs> the Judaism, Christianity and Islam all like branched I, off of. I can't read this frog scratch, man. It's just <laughs> so messed up. Yeah. Dragons and like, scratching into tablets the frog, frog, frog sea scrolls yeah. Frog. <laughs> yeah it's like it's got the, all that like the egg slime on it that they pull it out it's like a pond oh god yeah <laughs> uh so this this event the tear fall it's the this something called the tear of saloon or or this crystal moon uh this crystal sun 
Um, it seems like, however, Asgarath was involved, it does crash to the earth. Um, Asgarath in this account doesn't get wounded by it, but uh, in, in the dragon account, I guess, uh, she does by, via the Draconomicon. Reg- regardless of how dragons got here, they uh, they do arrive in, in the Forgotten Realms eventually, and they, they kind of start making themselves at home, right? So um, I guess our, our next sort of phase here is the time of giants. Uh, cool. so in the, in the centuries that follow their arrival and it, it's so, it's so, I mean, again, contradictory accounts, but I thought it was super interesting when, when, um, researching this, like some officially published D and D source material, this is all officially published, like licensed source material, right? But some of it is like, oh, the dragons in this time were actually proto dragons. They weren't true dragons. They were all smaller and like true dragons are younger than like humans essentially, which I thought was like a really interesting like that's like super uncommon that you that you would get that but it doesn't it doesn't actually line up with like assume we're talking about proto dragons if you want to choose that canon for yourself all the canon is obviously pretty uh kind of <laughs> choose choose as you go it's a yeah i mean it's a choose your own adventure game in a lot of ways right but um this is like way before any campaign any published campaign settings really take place this is all like prehistory to it so like um when the dragons are getting set up on the plane it is no matter no matter if they're dragons or proto dragons, giants are set up. Giants do have an empire that essentially spans the world, uh, at least the the continent of Faerun, um, and that that empire is called Astoria. So, um, oh, cool. Dragons and giants do not get along in in oh, no? uh, in D <clears throat> No, they kind of hate each other. We had like giants in our Earth's past. Is that when the dragons were around too? I guess. Like we had, we have giants in Earth's past. Megafauna, man. We had like bears. Sorry, (laughs) (laughs) we we had bears that are like two stories tall. We had, I mean, giant cave sloths. The the largest creature to have ever lived is a blue whale. Now, is a blue whale. Now, I did see that. That that I saw like a a megafauna with all the the weights on Reddit, and the blue whale is the biggest. But that's in the water. Imagine. Like a, a two-storied bear running at you full of forest, man. Holy I do kind of miss, like, I, I I wish I could go back and just see what it would look like. Like, can you imagine? Like, we've talked about the the whatever the titanosaurs or whatever. Can you yeah. imagine seeing an animal that's like seventy feet tall? That's crazy. Yeah, imagine seeing a mo- seeing an animal moving in herds. Yeah. So- they, they move in herds. I can't believe yeah. it. Yeah. And, and so they were all around until the dragons came. Yeah, the dinosaurs and the megafauna knocked each other out. Yeah. yeah. And, then, <laughs> exactly, yeah. and then here we are today. Yeah. Um Yeah, so so we've got giants that they're set up in their their Empire of Astoria, and these dragons are kind of like like getting set up as 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 a species, I guess you'd say. Um there's small border clashes between a lot of them where like giants kind of have, or sorry, dragons have layers and they have like kind of domains what, where like, like an onion. Yeah, exactly. Like Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> layers. I got it. <laughs> that, that's what attracted donkey to the dragon is that yeah. they all no, like it, donkey was actually attracted to, to Shrek. But Shrek right. Didn't, right. Didn't reciprocate. Yeah. So he found somebody else with layers. Well, yeah. if you read I, the I, Hobbit, Smaug is is like on top of a giant pile of onions, like in the middle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's got and it's it's encrusted itself into his flesh to protect him from arrows. But there's yeah. one get out of my onions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've I've been to a dragon lair in video game. I went to Nixia's lair. There's a lot of whelps. Yeah. Uh, left side, you might have heard. Yeah. And they How have uh, 
so they have uh what? like domains essentially right where they're, they're like like miles across that like dragons tend even even the ones that, that tend to cooperate or like travel in packs or whatever they still kind of are solitary creatures where like they one dragon would have like a like a several square mile area that's like it's and this starts to to kind of brush up against a lot of like giant cities essentially are they like tigers basically they're like rubbing on trees or whatever and then a giant comes by and he's just like oh there's different piss on this tree we need we need to start mm-hmm. a war yeah <laughs> i mean I, i'm not sure who the giants are in this metaphor or the giants other tigers i guess so <laughs> i think it's yeah I'm giants lost. are more like set up they're walking around with masks on the back of their head to, to uh, stop dragon attacks basically okay. what kind of did what are giants it like is it skyrim like giants is it uh like primordial type giants of elements is it like yeah so, so they're giants of elements there's uh okay. frost giants fire giants cloud giants storm giants stone giants and hill giants and there is Whoa. there is a hierarchy called the ordning which Dude, is the hill giants got kind of ripped off there <laughs> <laughs> you can be a storm giant this guy got it so, so i love that i love that you exaggerate because the, the, the mountain of the molehill giants right yeah the, the ordning as determined by anam the all-father is uh storm giants are at the top hill giants are at the bottom so there's nice. a cast there's a cast system to giants nice. uh hill giants are like in D D, when you're playing, they're like the easiest ones to beat. They're the ones that you'll like if you're fighting the giants. They're the ones that you'll kind of come up against first, and they're they're okay. relatively they're they're shorter. They're like twelve to fourteen feet tall, whereas storm giants are like twenty four to twenty six feet tall. Okay. Right? Wow. Are um, the hill giants the kind of classic unga bunga giant? Like use use yeah, club exactly use club eat fair maiden sort of guys? Yeah, stupider. Uh, you know, um, less organized, uh, weaker, smaller, all that okay. stuff. Not a lot uh, of flooding in their houses, though. Because yeah. they, they stay on hills. So it's yeah. good. Oh, less bugs, you know, <laughs> yeah. nice cross trees. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the storm giants can't rain on their parade as, as bad as they could if uh, they yeah. stayed in the, the valley giants. <laughs> Although they're more, are they are more prone to lightning strikes, I think, on top oh, of the hill. Okay, yeah, that's a good point. And they're pretty tall, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, and, and like um, lightning gi- or uh, storm giants are, are very, like, very refined, very civilized. They, they have, like, a... I, I, I didn't write any of this down. I only know it because I've played through the Storm King's Thunder campaign as as a player. So I, I learned all this in a in a campaign essentially. Cool. Um the astute listener will be like Anam, the Allfather, wasn't that who the uh the amphibioids were losing to? And and yeah, it was the Storm Giants kind of taking over when the amphibioids summoned a uh a crystal sun from the sky to crash into the or or uh yeah, essentially performed an epic ritual which released the primordials, which ended up in the with the primordial Azuroth casting a uh, crystal sun down at the earth. So like maybe that is again, you know, a mis mistelling of history where was Azuroth just trying to fuck up some giants? Uh, Cause okay, Azeroth yeah. is a dragon. We don't know. Obviously but it could be it, the, the lore can be whatever you want. Cool. Um, but yeah, we have these kind of mounting, uh, these mounting clashes, uh, not all at war yet until, uh one one thing happens uh which kicks off something called the thousand year war uh oh, so <laughs> which is actually only 14 years yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. uh i have an excerpt for you guys from volo's guide to monsters which just just for reference like the last couple sources uh the forgotten realms campaign books was like mid 2000s before that we we're talking like 80s stuff now we're in like 2015 or 2016 i think was when volo's was published so um it is while not Perfectly consistent, surprisingly consistent. Uh, anyway, I got a quote for you guys. Dragons had lived in and around Astoria in relative peace since the Empire's foundation. 
Conflicts between dragons and giants in those days were personal, not tribal or regional, and usually involved bragging rights or hunting territory. Differences <laughs> were settled by individual contests of might, wits, or skill. That situation persisted for generations until the red dragon Garrix, inflamed by the greed and envy in its followers by railing against the giant's prosperity, and they rose up in response. At least, that's what most giants believe to have happened. No one really knows any longer what set off the war. But once battle began, the long-standing peace between giants and dragons crumbled everywhere. Foes tore at each other's throats in all parts of Astoria. There were no front lines or safe havens, only endless ambushes, sieges, and atrocities committed against giants and dragons alike. Eventually, none were left alive on either side who had seen the war's beginning. Age and brutality had claimed them all, and the few giants and dragons then alive had spent their entire existence at war. The thousand-year war didn't truly end so much as it wasted away through attrition and exhaustion. So, this is- I, I like how it started, by the way. I like how it started, but it's all personal, and sometimes it's just for bragging rights. Yep. Like a dragon and a giant in an arm wrestling competition or something. Straight up. We're, <laughs> it's chess. It's Luigi playing chess with death now, yeah, at a yeah. table next to uh, I don't, a giant uh, and and a dragon playing chess, right? Yeah. And then eventually uh, it gets to just a bloodbath. And honestly, just from hearing dragons versus giants, dragons should win like every time easily. But maybe I th- I'm overpowering dragons versus giants because they can fly and just burn them. Dragons, uh, uh, giants use tools though like you can imagine like in my head like instead of a trebuchet you've got a dragon with just like the sickest fucking like david versus goliath sling oh uh, yeah fucking yeah, rocks fucking rocks at dragons that's true actually be straight cool. up every every giant has a has a move in the the mechanics of the game which is they they stick their hands into the ground pull out a big rock and throw it essentially so oh, every, okay, every cool. giant has right, a ranged yeah, attack go. essentially oh that's, um, that's the dark souls does that harry potter giants do that in the game yeah. all the all these yeah okay so that's, that's so cool. you're not wrong that individual dragons are are uh much more powerful than an individual giant but it's kind of what i said before where like one dragon has this like mile like square miles like huge mm-hmm. like many acres that it kind of rules over and it's butting up against a giant city so it's kind of also it's numbers it is technological advantage like pete says um this this war is essentially the when you're playing again you don't typically like no published campaigns are really set this far in the past they're usually like thirty thousand years into the future right yeah so uh I'm also thinking of the size of a crossbow that a, a yeah. now that a giant could pull back. Well, that's shoot, yeah. Souls, like Goth, yeah. it's like a dragon hunter, and yeah. even when he's blind, he can shoot down uh, shoot down that one in the, in the DLT. Easy. Exactly. Yeah, cool. This this is kind of the 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 prehistory explanation of like why giants and dragons aren't like super common. Is this thousand year war where they essentially like wiped each other out almost completely, mm, and okay. and they live like much longer, so much slower lives. Uh, so you know they don't necessarily reproduce as fast and there's there's just like that's why you're not like constantly bumping up against uh against giants the the storm king's thunder campaign i guess spoilers for that campaign if anyone's playing it but uh like the whole the whole conceit of it is that the ordning which which is the cast system for giants so like the the storm giants at top at the top essentially is thrown into disarray when the king of the storm giants just goes missing one day and oh. the the entire campaign kind of revolves around like, hey, the ordning has fallen into disarray, so they're all kind of vying to be the new top giant cast. Okay. And, and that, that conflict hill giants trying to get to the top. Imagine <laughs> yeah. those idiots. Ain't no, ain't no hill giant top G. Not that. <laughs> I'm gonna be king of the giants. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> dragging his knuckles all the way there. Yeah. Dragging yeah. his knuckles, dude? Never. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. I didn't wouldn't. mean to say anything offensive. Yeah. yeah no, it, the, the entire the entire conceited campaign is like those conflicts of like trying to be the top dog, essentially, or the top giant is like spilling out into regular civilization of these okay. like kind of pocket groups of, of giants. Cool. Um, so it was Tiamat and the dragon god Garrix, who who whom I mentioned in that last well, quote. He was a red. He was a red boy. Garrix was was I believe a a red giant. Yeah. Uh. Also, like it's Gary X, Gary Gygax. Oh, probably, probably oh, named yeah. probably named after him. I didn't I didn't get any kind of conversation. Dra- I didn't look at it all. I saw the name. I was like probably named after Gary Gygax. Giant or dragon? I thought he was a dragon. dragon. Garrix is yeah. dragon. Okay. Okay. Garrix, Garrix is a dragon. It was Tiamat and the dragon god Garrix leading the war against Osteria. So uh, by the wow. end of it, uh, Tiamat and, and Garrix are kind of like the main generals fighting against the giants. Um, Tiamat, in, in, at the end of the war, kind of signaling the end of the war, becomes cursed and is banished to Avernus, the uppermost layer of the Nine Hells, which if you guys remember the first quote, that's kind of how it started, is that uh right. she's okay. she spends her time in in uh avernus the of the nine hells yeah with her concubines and destroying treasure and shit like that <laughs> yeah exactly. destroying treasure for fun yeah, yeah. What, what an e- what an evil woman um powerful so people would never waste money like that would they would, <laughs> right they wouldn't do that would they Ethan? never never nope that would be anti-capitalist that'd be that'd be <laughs> that'd be downright un-american uh <laughs> I got another quote for you guys before we, we head into the break here. Uh, this one's from Mordenkind's Tome of Foes. The Queen of Dragons resides in Avernus. Her lair sits atop a towering mountain with flights of dragons wheeling through the skies to discourage any demonic incursion. For their part, the demons avoid this place. The hordes of the Abyss have learned the hard way that Tiamat and her court prefer to be left alone. She appears disinterested in becoming involved in the Blood War. Tiamat's presence in Avernus has confounded sages for years. As with devils, she is unable to leave the plane of her own will. She must be called forth, but only the mightiest rituals can draw her back into the world. So, if she has been imprisoned here, how and why did that come about? The most prevalent theory holds that her confinement is related to the end of the long war between the dragons and giants, that she was sequestered here by means of a mighty curse levied by a forgotten god of the giants she slew. The curse brought an end to the war, but also drew the curtain on the time of the dragons and giants on the material plane, clearing way for the rise of humans, orcs, dwarves, elves, and other folk. If Tiamat were to return to the material world, that event could trigger or be a signal of the resumption of the war between giants and dragons. It's just that they they lured her with a shout to Dragon's Reach and caught all five heads <laughs> in those machines. Yeah, they'd have five of them, yeah. The perfect stocks. Yeah. yeah. No, essentially, she she like strikes a, a death blow against a uh, a giant god. Uh, and the giant god curses her with his his last breath to be confined to Avernus. She can only come via a, a powerful summoning ritual. So with Tiamat's okay. imprisonment, the Thousand Year War ends, but as dragons settle into as the world, excuse me, settles into the time of dragons, already the Dragon Fall War approaches. More on that though after the break. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The time of dragons was marked by fledgling mortal races cowering beneath ancient lizards of near godlike power constantly battling in the skies above while tightening a firm grip on the continent, making subservient all the lesser races. With the giant empire turning to dust, dragons were now atop the food chain. Okay, welcome back from the break, everybody. Um, we're telling the story of Tiamat. I was kind of talking to Pete while we were on our break, and I was vocalizing the, the thought that we haven't really talked about Tiamat all that much. We've, we're kind of doing the history of dragons, so... Um, just to square where we are with our, our five headed uh, Yas queen, uh, <laughs> she she uh, was born somehow. We're not entire. <laughs> we're not entirely sure how. Is Tia uh, Tequila related to Tia Mott? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what was her What was her show on MTV? Finding, <laughs> finding love with Tia Tequila. Or... I forget, man. It was all with, with Tia Mott Tequila. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> very good. Um, just like the <laughs> same five spray tan little heads all on. <laughs> <laughs> Brett yeah, loves Brett loves standing next to her for whatever reason. Like, yeah. yeah, if she was Bahama, it would just be all bronze heads, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh. yeah. <laughs> uh, Baha Blast am I right? Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so, so Tiamat was born somehow. Got involved in the uh, giant war. Killed the giant god, was cursed to hell forever. That's, mm-hmm. that's all we've kind of we we've kind of said about Tiamat so far. She's in the upper layer. She's fiddling around. She's got her uh, multicolored sex slaves, basically like a queen bee. She really is the ultimate girl boss. And the dragons <laughs> were created whenever Azagarath, I think, or mm-hmm. gave Nailing the big hu- gave the big hug to the crystal sun, but the crystal sun exploded, making yeah. her blood rain down onto a planet, which made all of the metal. Dra- uh, no, the the red colored dragon. dragon, the red yeah. dragons. Yeah. And then one of those red dragons went and like, yo, I could pull the Jesus move too and be a sacrifice. And he cut himself. And then that's where all the color dragons come from. And then the cut himself. I think you have misinterpreted the new Testament. No, I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he kind of put himself in that situation. <laughs> <laughs> he had to know it was coming, right? Yeah. He, yeah, he's yeah, truly yeah. the son of God. He had to know it was coming. Yeah, exactly. could, could Jesus plan a betrayal so treacherous that even he didn't see it coming? Right, <laughs> uh, thirty bucks worth of silver to Judas. He's just like fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, that yeah, exactly. That is that is. I think that's the most inter- That was the most interesting creation myth to me. That's the one that I completely clicked with too, Jamie. So I'm not surprised that's one you clicked with too. Yep. Um, so yeah, now we're in the time of dragons. The time of giants is gone. We're in the time of dragons. Where uh, while giants and dragons were were essentially pretty like diminished, wiped out, whatever, uh, it still it takes a lot less dragons to to rule, right? Because again, giants had cities, they had civilizations. Dragons just kind of like live like tigers, where they just have like a huge swath of jungle that they kind of rule over, right? The eel um, deer with those like big teeth. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, dragons 
dragons all have stripes. You just can't, we can't see them because we're the dragon's prey. That's the thing. <laughs> right. I, of course. Yeah. I just remembered I had a dream this morning that we were all on a walk together with my dog and there was like a big snowbank and we got too close to it and a panther jumped out and ran away oh, from underneath the snowbank. <laughs> and oh, we were like, was that crap. a fucking panther? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> panther, bro? Yeah. You need all... to get a cat, Jamie. You're, you're dreaming about <laughs> it now. <laughs> apparently. Apparently. Really manifesting it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the, the dragons are, are sort of not not necessarily ruling over the lesser races, just like making things uncomfortable for the lesser races, I guess, is probably more accurate where like particularly the evil dragons are like evil. Uh, but even like having the cool dragons around, you know, the, the cool dragons, TM dragons around is probably still yeah. uncomfortable for a lot of like proto races. Um, mm. But they they weren't entirely helpless. So elves obviously go back a long time and the, the elves in particular were hatching a plan to deal with the dragons. The elves had noticed that every so often, all the dragons in the world would go berserk and lose all semblance of self-control, often turning on one another and just kind of descending into madness. Is this a blood moon or something? Oh, man, Jamie, out of nowhere. Did you read my script? Do you Did you read the... I don't know, is this the... Dragons of I don't even remember what source this is from. This is a uh, Dragons a of Faerun by Eric Boyd and Aiden Bernstein. Did you read it, that in your own you? time? It's, it's a Terraria mechanic, uh, but I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I I've also heard of blood moods with dragons before somewhere. It might have actually been written into Malazan in some sneaky way, and I just stole it. <laughs> this from is, there, this yeah. one. This blood moon has a cooler moon, a cooler name than blood moon, but okay. so it turns out it turns out this behavior is tied to a red comet. Not a, not a moon, which would periodically yeah. pass near Avertoral, right? Uh, yeah. This comet, which came to be called the King Killer Star, cool, like <laughs> much much cooler name, uh, would be the key in loosening the dragon's control on the continent. That's Good so cool. What do we have? Name. What do we have? We have like Angela's Comet or something. Haley's, Haley's, yeah. Angela, Angela's <laughs> comet. Angela Merkel's Comet. Let's let's start a petition renaming Haley's Comet after Angela Merkel. <laughs> <laughs> That's boring as hell. You can have King Killer comic. King Killer I mean, we've comic. Got, right? you know, we've yeah. got Angela's comic, uh, comic, <laughs> and then we've also got like Shoemaker Levy, which I think crashed into Jupiter. So some of them are cool. Yeah, <laughs> there's like a belt up there and like a couple spoons and some shit. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, every 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 rock in the Kuiper Belt is named after a different white lady. So you've got Haley, <laughs> and, uh, you know, yeah. Susan. you don't want to, you don't fuck with the Karen comment, okay? No, yeah. no, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone uh, goes mad on a Susan moon. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the elves kind of saw this behavior of the King Killer Star anytime it showed up that that uh, the dragons would go mad. They were developed. The high mages of them developed something called the Draco Rage Mythal. So, Mythal in uh, Dungeons and Dragons, and I did not look up Mythal. <laughs> they so just that, can't say Mythal. Yeah, yeah, the Mythal. The Dragon Rage Mythal. The Draco Rage Mythal. Um, uh, and w- when you say the young races, you mean they're all like seven and they still talk like that, right? There was a king killer star that came in the sky and it made all the dragons very mad. I've been playing speaking Spyro speaking of dragons and there's a level with Hansel and Gretel and they just speak straight up uwu voice. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How fun. Yeah. I had it, I had it time. Um, so they, they created the, the Draco Rage Mythal. Mythal spelled M-Y-T-H-A-L. Mythals, okay. I know, are crystals of immense power. I did not look up the Mythal specifically because a D&D campaign I'm playing in right now, Infernal Machine Rebuild, 
heavily features a mythal. And I came across this. I was like, oh, fuck, I don't want to spoil that for myself. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not clicking on the page, basically. <laughs> no, no, it's a, it's a magic rock. So Got uh, it. I do, uh, I do have a drink, drink today. So I will, I will take a, take a little sip. Oh, I'm left out, man. You fool. We, ju- we just got back from break. Um, I'm going to run and get one. <laughs> this guy. Okay. We just got back from break. I'm listening. Okay. I'm listening. So the Draco Rage Mythal encompasses all of Faerun and at, at kind of at activation at will can drive all the dragons to madness, can basically take away their, their self-control. Okay. Um, so with the minor disruption of madness to all dragons uh, and uh, an ever-present tool in the tool belt of the elves... They're able to kind of disrupt draconic control over Faerun and and set up their own civilizations and kind of. Yeah, if they're setting it up and like kind of push. ruling over, them, do you think they have like an out of office message? Because you can pre- you can predict this right, like the cycles of the comet at some point. Yeah. Do they have like an out of office, just like like I am away for further instruction? Contact this person. Yeah. I have gone berserk and yeah. am currently running <laughs> whatever. Just like hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, trying I'm a o- city. I'm O O L out of lair with temporary insanity. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any questions, just... please contact my assistant manager. Yeah. I, I will be tied. I'll be chained to the mast for the next few hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> later. yeah. Yeah. If, if my, if my uh, strap of leather falls out of my mouth, please put it back between my teeth. Yeah. <laughs> brief, brief aside about uh, out of offices. Um, everyone is too stupid to recognize an out of office. And every time I set one, I come back to 35 messages of like, are you here? It's I mean, that's, com- that's just people you work with, man. They're completely pointless. <laughs> yeah, people I work with get it. People I work with out out of outside of my company, outside of my org, get it. Most people do. Yeah, I have mixed results. Everyone who works at Technicolor is an idiot, Peter. <laughs> well, I, find, I, like, I find the the like some of the people who don't need to use emails and Teams as much for their job uh, have a hard time with it. But yeah. anyways, that's not interesting or fun. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we got a team of elves who've created this magic rock, which drives there we go. insane. Uh, oh. So basically, every time <laughs> Jamie's taking his Miller High Life drink now, yeah, he's, uh, he's late. <laughs> every time yeah. dragons start start to get uppity again, someone goes out to the the Draco Rage Mythal Lighthouse. You know, turns on the light, uh, okay. flicks, on, flicks on the neon, kicking off a new Rage of Dragons, capital R, capital D. That's what it's called. Uh-oh. Whenever this thing turned off, or when the King Killer Star shows up, um, Tiamat. During this time, and this is where it starts to get a little muddy. Uh, during this time, Curse to Hell, right? Yeah. Not exactly gone from the world either, though. As the time of the King Killer Star wears on, there's an ever cre- ever increasing number of holy wars between dragons, the dragons of Faerun. The worship of the draconic gods, Tiamat being a draconic god, was at an all time high, and many conflicts arose between differently aligned worshippers of the same god. So, Jamie, do you remember Null? The yeah, the according, god of death. According to one creation myth, sibling to Tiamat and Bahamut, kind of the neutral. Uh, Null was the god of death and undeath. The with great two equalizer. Aspects, with two aspects. What? The great, the great equalizer. Well, that's what we talked about before. It's the boatman and also the guy delivering bodies to the boat, right? It's the so racket. They called the, the reaver and the guardian of the lost. Okay. As, as right. guardian of the lost, his job was to shepherd dead dragons to the afterlife, protecting them along the way. As the Reaver, he was a malicious beast prone to killing those dragons he would then have to ferry. Right. <laughs> so many metallic dragons worship him as the Guardian, while many chromatic dragons worship him as the Reaver. If, if you guys have ever seen a religion, you know that 
probably worshiping the same God in two different ways is not going to go over very well. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so just a lot of Holy Wars kicked off in this time. Damn. Quick comment as well on um, uh, Chris DeBerg. Uh, everybody knows Spanish train. Don't quick pay the comment ferryman. on Chris DeBerg. Wow. Sorry. I did not think that that's where you're going with that sentence. I have a, I have a Chris DeBerg <laughs> CD in, um, with no case in my desk. It's just Lady scratched his shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, like, it, everybody it, knows it, Spanish train. Don't pay <laughs> the ferryman is a better bop. So that's why I was thinking about when you would mention the ferryman of the dead. When I, uh, fun podcast fact, when I first got, remember what we used to record on that old, uh, thing with the handle on it? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. when my dad first brought that out to me for the podcast, uh, it had a Christoberg CD in it. Uh, so we, we record for some of the first episodes with the Christoberg CD in the thing we were recording. <laughs> in this, oh, in this yeah, good. The, the dummy plug was a Christoberg <laughs> CD. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How we used to record was insane, dude. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I still have the wires. Uh, yeah. It, it, it was crazy. And it would plug on your in list and of out. This week is to move the wires from 2017 off your floor. No, I'll just I pick them up and rake the leaves out every once in a while. <laughs> um, that's that's bonus content though. If you guys if you guys want to hear more about JB's fucking rat nest of wires underneath his his broken kitchen table that his laptop is currently propped up in on, I'm gonna guess a shoebox on top pile of, of books. No, it's actually a pretty funny box. It's a. It's, wait, hold on, hold on. No, this is this is Patreon content. If, no, you want, if the listeners want, it's this, a terrarium. What? <laughs> what is this? Is it's is a, that is that glass terrarium still in that box? I have not opened it. It's a Christmas present. I'm waiting it's to so for a good time. I knew it. Winter. I yeah. knew it. That's going to be one of your weekly chores: is opening a Christmas present. Uh, from April, March. <laughs> it's oh, April. Not, even, not even this year. Okay. Good, oh cool, no, cool. no, no. It's like 2019, 2018, I think. 2018, because I didn't go to 2019. You have a four-year-old glass beaker terrarium that you keep your laptop on. Guys, we gotta stop. This is paid content that we're giving it's to a right, yeah. free listeners. Yeah, yeah, okay? yeah, sorry, sorry. It's sorry. a chemistry right, it's, terrarium it's, kit. Uh, lab flask for a mini garden. And apparently I can grow a cactus in there. If you're interested uh, in hearing more about Jamie's tabletop terrarium and the cactus that he's going the to grow barbarism these that days. he allows to rule his life <laughs> subscribe to our patreon patreon.com slash the lore boys that's where you I'm get all about 30, over 30 to 60 minutes a week of these kind of bullshit conversations yeah yeah sorry <laughs> our bad <laughs> oh, uh, i'm kind of half tempted it's saturday and i'm like i'm uh a cocktail in i'm half tempted to do another bonus episode right after this one end right after this main 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 line ends so we can just get this out, out. do it i think we tour. should I've got beer in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so we've got uh, Null, the Reaver, Guardian of the Lost. There's there's Holy Wars being fought after him. Holy Wars in general amongst all dragons, not just Null, but amongst all dragons are kind of like kicking off in a big way. So again, we're in the time of dragons. Before the break, I teased something called the Dragonfall Wars. Um, I got another quote for you guys, for you guys from the Draconomicon. The most far-reaching holy war, however, one that included dragons of every species and even some other Draco forms, revolved around the true nature and alignment of Asgarath, the world shaper. Each dragon, of course, believed that Asgarath was the pinnacle of its own race and that the god shared its alignment. While Silvers, for example, could grudgingly accept the gold's contention that Asgarath was lawful good, neither could tolerate the red's belief that Asgarath was chaotic evil, right? Warfare tore through the ranks of dragonkind and at one time was violent enough to significantly deplete the Toral dragon population and actually threaten extinction unless something changed. So, uh, 
war war wars coming essentially because chaotic evil red dragons are like god was probably like me and lawful good gold dragons are were like god was probably like me and but you know, if they were created when the crystal sun exploded and as they were created the, from the blood of a god that is the explosion is pretty chaotic so they are onto something were that creation myth true it is right? it is a chaotic evil move to hug and kill yourself with the sun i feel like <laughs> i think uh, yeah. is it again okay there was several creation myths and i actually think this is a great great point of saying like the the gold dragons probably don't believe that creation myth because it involves it involved bahamut being the renegade dragon cutting himself and creating the metallic dragons right which I don't think that they would believe. Whereas a chaotic good dragon, something like a bronze or a brass dragon, might actually believe that. Might actually be like, oh yeah, maybe like maybe you know the renegade did that, and like he had it made. The, na- the nature was still in Asgarath, and he still represents me. But probably gold dragons probably believe a different creation myth, right? Yeah, true. I, I think true. actually um, most dragons, for what it's worth, believe the uh, the boring one that I said to disregard the uh, Tiamat and Bahamut just uh, coalesce from the primordial forces of the the universe at the dawn of time yeah um because that's from specifically the like the dragon poems like the the poems that dragons wrote uh of the dead sea scrolls i know? think like most people with faith like believe the regular boring stuff and then you get into the like the i guess the the, the red dragons are like the mormons where like no jesus is an alien and the garden of eden is in missouri like yeah that's, where you, <laughs> that's like you get the crazy shit thrown yeah. in there right all the new yeah. stuff this this gold dragon scale plate fell from the sky and told me so. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Joseph Smith, the dragon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know so little about religion. I realize when I'm, when you guys start talking about it, you I know, know a lot about Twitch though, dude. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so true. What what am I doing with my time? Oh What's my God. the Mormon meta on Twitch yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah, well, the Pentecostals are taking off on Twitch right now. So. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so these skirmishes are kind of kicking off. While s- small skirmishes are taking place, Tiamat is again trapped in Avernus. Doesn't dissuade her from from getting some of that action, getting some of that that you know bloody noses to the metallic dragons. The Dragonfall War, in true, begins when one of Tiamat's generals, a worm known as Nagamat, was slain by the followers of Bahamut. It doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, are agreed. worms different than dragons? Do they have wings? Yeah. Or is it still just slang? Uh, it's slang. Okay. It, they're they're dragons. Uh, it's I don't know. I it's particularly the early um, texts refer to worms a lot, uh, and like the worm consorts of Tiamat essentially. But yeah. a worm, worm and dragon is interchangeable. And I know Naga. Who are the bad guys in Ricky Tiki Tavi? Those two cobras. It's like I don't know. I don't know what Ricky Tiki Tavi was. Naga <laughs> or uh, Naga are like snake water. People. Yeah, water snake. People? Yeah, I know, but Not Naga is also like water, it's like a cobra. Oh, in I WoW, think. they're water. I know that. Yeah, yeah. okay, I get that from a cobra. Yeah. Naga uh, from uh, the original Sanskrit uh, are d- a divine or semi-divine race of half-human, half-serpent beings. There we go. They reside in the nether world and can occasionally take a human or part-human form. form. Wow, uh, the, yeah. there's a, a fine line between Jainism, a Naga and a dragonborn. I guess uh, one, it's the legs. Like, it's the legs. Yeah, that's sure. all it is. The lines of the legs. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if like a Naga and a Dragonborn got together if they would have like half dragons, half b- human babies. Yeah. Like like three limbs? Like no, two like, arms, like one foot. 
No, I mean like separated, just summer dragons and summer babies. It just combined oh. back in the, in the right way. <laughs> it's like if a horse and a centaur and a person or whatever. Uh, just, like, it, it, a it, horse it, and it, a guy are just siblings. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, Tiamat, uh, her dragon general gets, gets slain by the followers of Bahamut. Uh, she doesn't particularly like this and has a trick up her sleeve. So this is a quote from the Monster Manual version 4. Okay. The deity Tiamat, creator of evil dragonkind, has long sought dominion uh, domination of the world for herself and her progeny. For eons, she has struggled against Bahamut, the king of good dragons, in a conflict called the Dragonfall War. And most believe that this battle would last for millennia to come. Recently, however, Tiamat unveiled her latest and most terrifying tactic. She created diverse and numerous creatures with the blood of chromatic dragons and sent these spawn to spread destruction and evil. Oh, this incursion no. of evil dragon blood creatures threatens the balance of the war and, by extension, the world. To thwart her ambitions, Bahamut created the noble dragonborn, but the challenge of fighting evil dragonkind demands even more heroes than the platinum dragon can produce. Dude, we, hit terrible, yeah, diver- we yeah. hit terrible diversity twice in three episodes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say, Jordan Peterson's going to have a fucking stroke when Tiamat invents diversity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, Tiamat invents diversity, I guess, and then uh, Bahamut invents uh, eugenics to create the the perfect and pure dragon. Which way, Western man? (laughs) Yeah, who's who's good again? This is all getting confusing. (laughs) Uh, This was this was written in the eighties, so you know. Oh yeah, take it it all with a big grain of salt on the morality front. Um, (laughs) So I I posted a picture for you guys of of what the spawn of Tiamat look like. They're they're dragon humanoids, just like kind of twisted abominations sort of um bahama the blue one looks ridiculous his head is gigantic and then the bottom one just looks like kind of like a spawn character i guess the big teeth do you remember that show like street sharks or some shit oh yeah she did (laughs) create street sharks yeah the top guy kind of looks a bit like a street shark. (laughs) (laughs) that's cool he's got like an arm that's like calcified bone with like 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 tentacles like petrified tentacles at one end and like eyes on it and they're they're like they're they're horrifying humanoid scaly people and bahamut in 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 juxtaposition creates the dragonborn race which is a playable race in D, and this is like the canon creation of the dragonborn is bahamut's answer to these kind of thing thingy, okay yeah he's know. just like aha i see your street sharks and i raise you one swat cats <laughs> yeah exactly okay cool. there's like a I, blanking on the name but it was like a side-scrolling beat-em-up on sega genesis where you could like play as like a guy with an axe and just like and they're the dragon type people that you fought look so much like that top uh was it altered beast not altered beast i can't find the i'm like i wanted to call it a single thing like gauntlet or something like that but i know it's not gauntlet uh but anyways i'll I'll find it out eventually, and then I'll just yell and interrupt Ethan while he's making a point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what the people the people come here for. Jamie interrupting, not for Ethan's stupid D and D lore. Uh, <laughs> it's a combo. It's a combo. <laughs> the, the timeline gets gets weird here. I kind of mentioned it earlier, but this is where it gets particularly messy. Is I, I think at the original publishing when when all this stuff of like the dragonfall war and the king killer star was being talked about like i don't think anybody considered tiamat being banished to hell that happened later as near as i can tell okay in like like the 2010s tiamat being banished and confined to hell seemed to have happened i didn't i didn't look down i didn't try and find the first reference of each or whatever so i don't know um i'm happy to say lord boys canon spawns of spawns of tiamat 
the spawn of Tiamat, these creatures you see are twisted by the energies of hell, uh, the energies of Avernus to create the abominations that we see. Okay. Uh, and that Tiamat throughout the Dragonfall War is not actually uh, manifesting on the material plane, but is stuck in hell. That's why she sent her general. That's why she's sending these these uh, abominations rather than showing up herself. Because again, if you guys will remember, it requires a complex and lengthy ritual to summon her back to the material plane. Pretty damn cool weapon that they have, though. It looks like they have like old dragon skulls on their left arms. Yeah, he's, for, like, he's got like a spiky, uh, like a dragon, uh, dragon didn't fuck a donkey, but fucked a porcupine. And <laughs> yeah. That, that thing's skull. That yeah, mule it, skull is his fucking. His shield slash also weapon on his left hand, and then has like a kind of like a bony staff type thing in the other hand. And then one guy has a sword. It reminds me of, uh, what's his name? Oaken fist or whatever in, uh, the Hobbit where he has oh, the Thorin Oaken shield. Yeah. Oaken shield where he has the tree on his arm. Well, this guy's the dragon yeah. on his arm and fucking sick. Yeah. It's, it's dragon bone weapons, right? Yeah. Very cool. Um, so the spawn of Tiamat are particularly effective in battle. They're stronger than the, stronger than the average bear, but also seem to have at least some capacity for hiding their disfigurements. Over the years, they're able to operate successful campaigns of subterfuge. Yeah, I turned his finger, but it's like you got this like, twisted dragon man. He's got sunglasses on to hide yeah. the bruise on his eyes. <laughs> he's got he's got like the the like no lens glasses with like the fake nose and the mustache sitting on top of his snout. You know? Oh, the, the <laughs> Marx Brothers thing is right. Uh, <laughs> uh, they infiltrate infiltrate various organizations throughout the years. Um, throughout the thirty thousand year war, that is the the Dragonfall Wars. Tiamat is referenced a lot, though Volo's uh, guide places her in Avernus. She's far from absent on a lot of battlefields. Like I said before, she can be summoned via a complex ritual. However, both her and Bahamut had been gaining a lot of worshippers among mortals at the time. So they gained enough followers that each of them had essentially gained divine status and became powerful oh. enough to manifest as gods. I so, remember what you said before. We're coming up on the creation of Dragonborn, aren't we? We. Like we he we already we, said that. We got there. A oh, second did he? Ago. Yeah. Oh wait. Bahamut created them in response to Tiamat's spawn of Tiamat. Oh okay. Created yes, the, the yes, pure yes. the pure dragon just as a oh you you make people I can make people too. Okay. Um, good. So uh, they're they're gating gods and and to to your point like this may have happened before that it's not exactly clear these are I'm pulling from like four different texts at this point so yeah uh, which About happened first I don't know yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, all, it's all lore boys can you, you yeah. know you peel, you peel back the, the skin on this one peel back the layers on this onion turns out it's all lore boys canon at the core <laughs> uh, so they they gain enough mortal followers that they they gain divine status they they join officially nice. the ranks of like the the big boy gods not just the dragon gods okay. they get their check mark on twitter yeah. Yeah, 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 they pay their they pay their thirteen oh, million dollars or whatever. Eight, eight, it's eight eight dollars in tithes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's different now. Never mind. Yeah. Uh, so the final battles between Tiamat and her spawn and Bahamut and his dragonborn are fought are being fought amongst the Untheric Empire. So um, the Untheric Empire is this the mortal empire of of people at the time. It's essentially like Sumer. Uh, uh, Sumer was Gilgamesh, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's essentially like a parallel, like like early humans, cradle of life sort of thing, um, cool. where these Tiamat and Bahamut have both kind of taken on like divine or, or de deified roles in the pantheon of Unther, where okay. they're 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 not necessarily like this isn't necessarily Tiamat the five headed dragon, but it's like I, Tiamat moonlighting as as a god of Unther might be a dragon, might not be, but. Um, and it's those followers, the Untheric followers, who who give them this kind of divine status. So 
with lore voice cannon she doesn't either doesn't need to be summoned because she got the power of gods through worship or her worshipers mm-hmm. actually summoned her at various times when she shows up kind of in the in the canon yeah i mean like in a world of magic faith can probably manifest itself as its own kind of magic so yeah exactly. both, i guess right yeah. Faith uh, kind of is magic, isn't it? I believe it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, in our real non-D&D world, they're the same. They have the same amount of power. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they they do. Yeah, just by believing something, though, it'll it'll change outcomes, man. Well, I guess it would oh, be yeah. nice if I could dragon body. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, um, I I got a quote for you guys. This one is from Dragons of Faerun, which I suspect Jamie may have read uh, by Eric Boyd and. <laughs> And Aiden, yeah, Aiden I'm now sneakily reading ahead because I'm I'm so self I'm I'm kind of insecure about how much I forget. Yeah, Jamie's <laughs> just reading all of the the Dungeons and Dragons, Magic the Gathering, all all, uh, all the other scrolls lore. Like he's just reading it all so that he can sound smart on these episodes. Basically, that's fucking right. cheater, dude. Um, and as soon as I got my glasses, I had to live up to the part. I feel like. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, th- this is kind of the the end of the Dragonfall War that this quote is gonna this is gonna land in. The last great era of conflict between the Platinum Dragon and the Chromatic Dragon raged from 2087 uh, BC to 1071 BC during the first millennium of the Untheric Empire. So the end of the Dragonfall War is at the start of this Untheric Empire. Okay, Tiamat's cult was brought to Faerun, at least among humans, by the Mulan. The clergy of Enlil preached that Tiamat was the nemesis of the gods, and she was blamed by the god kings for every setback Unther experienced as it rose to greatness, then decayed over the centuries. Tiamat battled an Untheric alias of Bahamut, known as Marduk, the justice bringer, time and again, but neither Great worm could, could prevail. Marduk? No, justice bringer. Justice bringer. <laughs> uh, in 1071 BC, the Untheric pantheon marched to war against the deities of the orc pantheon in a cataclysmic conflict that saw the death of many gods. During the final battle of the gods, Tiamat launched a surprise attack against Gilgiam while he battled Ilnaval. The ever-vigilant Marduk intervened, killing Tiamat before she could land a death blow against Gilgiam, but at the cost of his own life. So, I, I, I know on the break, Peter, you're complaining about the number of names, and I just hit you with a, I hit you with a fucking fist. Marduk, the big dog, not quite Gilgamesh, where you're talking about ancient G- Sumer. <laughs> Gil- Gilgamesh, exactly. I, I did yeah. kind of, uh, I buried the lead there, but um, don't worry about Ilnaval. Don't really worry about Gilgiam. Uh, essentially, this this ancient Sumerian civilization is, is being founded, is growing to prominence, and you have these uh, moonlighting deities of Bahamut and Tiamat, Marduk and Tiamat, as far as I can tell, is just being Tiamat. Tiamat becomes the nemesis of the gods in the Untheric pantheon and is just like, yeah, like she sucks. She's all our woes. She's like all, all of our problems. So like the Gilgiam is the demigod king of Unther at the time. Like you said, likely a parallel to Gilgamesh, the Sumerian king from the ep- epic poem, which shares his name. While the emperor of Unther manages to survive a surprise attack by Tiamat, Bahamut, as his avatar Marduk takes the opportunity to strike down the Dragon Queen, returning her to Avernus and him to whatever plane he is living on at the time. So they kill each other, okay. uh, and they both kind of lose their divine status because the cults of them, of their of their personality, take heavy losses enough that they lose enough followers. Tiamat and Bahamut both get striped, stripped excuse me, of their divine power as too many of their mortal followers had died. Tiamat, no longer even a lesser deity, was reduced to a simple archfiend. 
And uh, oh. while, because we brought it up a couple times, on the subject of the Fertile Crescent, uh, Marduk is the patron god of Babylon. Because I knew it sounded oh, cool. familiar. It's definitely come up like when we were talking about like ancient aliens and shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He is the uh, king of kings or the king of the gods yeah. in. I did um, not know that, Jamie. Babylon. <laughs> I, was, I was letting Pete get one. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but I read okay, ahead no, in the Mesopotamian scriptures. I was cheating reading the Mesopotamian scriptures. Well, yeah, you were yeah. the monster <laughs> manual. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. translating Sumerian. I mean, pretty good deal for that guy who killed T Matt. What was his name again? Marduk? Marduk. Yeah, Marduk. The, like, well, there's Bahamut. Or it was Bahamut, okay. Not Marduk, Marduk slash who Bahamut was, his divine form was known as Marduk. Like he was worshipped yeah. as Marduk, but it was Bahamut. And they killed each other. Him and Tiamat yeah. killed each other. Well, it was, actually, it, we, it was a good deal for Gilgiam, who was a demigod and the, right. the king of, of uh, Unther at the time, and who goes on to live a very long and very terrible life as a really shitty ruler, essentially. Great. And like, yeah. like So... Bahama and Tiamat basically wiped each other out. That proves yeah. that two heads may be better than one, but five heads is too many cooks. Right? Five, yeah, five yeah, heads yeah. is equal to one. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, you got too got many it. cooks in the forehead. I think that's where you're going with this. <laughs> two right? greater yeah. than one, five equal one. Yes, right. yeah. two, two greater than five. Two uh, chat GBT one equals five. Uh, code that in, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so Tiamat is is given the role of Archfiend in in Hell. Archfiend just being like the strongest devils. Right. Asmodeus, Lord of the Ninth, King of Hell, the God of Hell, uh, decides to put the proper respect on Tiamat's name, gives her control of Avernus. There's nine layers to hell. He says, you, you can have full control of this, this layer of Avernus. Not, ju- not just control, also some responsibilities. Her job? Well, quell rebellion, essentially. So in researching her time here, uh, I came across the candlekeep.com forum post questions for Ed Greenwood 2015, of which oh. I read 21 pages, oh where God. he explains <laughs> he explains that Tiamat was put in charge of the most lawless level of hell's January 6th problem, where upstart devils <laughs> cast out of the lower, more refined layers were constantly plotting coups against Asmodeus. That's a great picture, Pete. You could just draw a, de- a demon dressed like that shaman guy. <laughs> yeah. <It's- laughs> <laughs> in, in in hell <laughs> and uh with 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 tiamat in the back or something i completely missed that whole quote because i just saw a falcon fuck a bird up outside. Yeah, oh man. <laughs> man i did not pay attention to a word Dude. of that i saw it like out of the corner of my eye it's so sunny and nice i was like Oh, what kind of bird is that? It's it just like because it's moving so fast. And wow. God damn, dude. Okay, <laughs> I was distracted earlier because my dog was having a dream and it looked like, like she needed help. But anyways, yeah. No, it, oh, I saw it take its course. <laughs> I saw a clip relating to the the falcon thing. There's like an invasive uh, bird species in some places where you're allowed to hunt them. And this guy has a falcon. He yeah, you said in his that car. Yeah. yeah, and he throws it out the window while he's driving, and the falcon goes and fucks up the little starlings, and then yeah. flies, kills the bird, and then flies back into the car. So, Damn, dude, that's insane. I would I, love a falcon. They remind me of cats. They're very cute. Get one. Yeah, What's stopping you, coward. Join the lo- join the local falconry chapter. Oh, yeah, man. I bet that's full of cool guys of that. that you want to yeah. that you want to socialize with. Yeah, your yeah, exactly. one hobby already has special gloves, so you could get another <laughs> special glove for your your falcon. And yeah. uh, what? Oh, drawing. Your one yeah. your one hobby of cock and ball torture. <laughs> ball yeah, ball yeah, yeah, yeah. SpongeBob <laughs> steps on my. Oh drink. damn, that's more Patreon content. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, a, your self proclaimed pervert glove you used to draw. I know, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> 
He has okay, it on so now. He has so it Tiam on hand. Get it. Okay. Tiamat's, Tiamat's put in charge of the, the top layer of hell, Avernus. And her job is as devils are kicked out of the lower layers of hell, um, she's supposed to stop them from staging coups in Avernus, essentially. Okay. Yeah, like shutting shutting it down. Unfortunately, she's like bad at her job, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> she's she's so bad at, at keeping devils from revolting that Asmodeus puts her on a pip. So Canon performance performance improvement plan for those yeah, who aren't, yeah, yeah. aren't uh, brainwashed by offices yet. <laughs> <laughs> so so Ed, Ed Greenwood is the original creator of the Forgotten Realm setting. And when I say original, I mean he created it in the 70s and sold the setting to Gary Gary Gygax's company for the DNA. Oh, Earth holy Central. fuck. Okay. So Forgotten Realms was created by Ed Greenwood, who ended up working for a lot of those companies and creating canon works or whatever. Uh, but he was also like very good at very recently, like in the last 10 years, like going on the candle keep forum and just like answering a bunch of questions that people have. People just like That's go awesome. there and like ask him questions about the current canon. And he just like comes up with canon on the spot kind of thing. He, yeah. he ended up working for Col Cobalt Press for a long time, which produced, which was kind of partnered with D&D &D and produced a lot of canon stuff again. Um, so the canon for him is that Tiamat was bad at her job, but Asmodeus reaches into her brain realizes that while she did a bad job, it wasn't malicious. She was just legit bad at stopping revolts. Untrained. <laughs> good guy Asmodeus is like, okay, I'm not going to fire you. I'm just going to demote you, I guess. Or like, I'm going to, we're going to re restructure. And he moves her to a different job, which is uh, guarding. So she gets demoted from guarding the plane and shutting down rebellions to guarding the exit to Avernus and the entrance to Dis, the second layer. So okay. he basically says, like, okay, don't don't worry about rebellions generally. We'll get somebody else to do that. Yeah. Uh, which, I, I mean, if you have the queen of dragons, like you don't go and fire her. Like you find a place where she can work. Right? It's exactly. too much paperwork. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. But but he's literally like the most evil figure in the canon. Like he's She's... the most lawful <laughs> evil figure. I, lawful is the is, lawful I guess, evil the is bureaucracy though. So like yeah. all this HR shit is absolutely lawful evil. Right? He's, <laughs> he's, he's trying to protect hell from the employees. Oh, for, can you imagine the doing them? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's oh man! That in Hades, uh, Zeus is or not Zeus. Hades is always at the desk doing paperwork, and yeah, I yeah. guess real hell is just like that. There's also a quick question: which he reaches into her brain. She has five heads. Is the brain of a five-headed dragon like in the chest? No, it's like a brachiosaur. It's in the butt. Oh, or a brachiosaur. Oh. Which one has the butt brain? One of them has a butt brain. It's the they're Porsche. All, they're all very tall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe they all have butt brains. Yeah, they base the Volkswagen Beetle off the Brachiosaur, actually. That's why the engine's so strong. When you put the brain in the back, yeah, they get more <laughs> weight in the back so they can go faster. It's more like a, a Ford Pinto, where if you rear end it, it just dies. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And or explodes. Um, so Tiamat spends her time in Avernus for another two and a half thousand years until some Untherite cultists manage to summon another aspect of Tiamat, known as the Dark Lady. Tiamat, as the Dark Lady, has a plan, too. She reaches out to a chosen of Mistra, the goddess of magic. It wants uh, this chosen of Mistra is a very powerful wizard turned lich known as Samaster and whispered to him about the promise of a little known artifact at the time called the Draco Rage Mythal. But we'll have oh. to save the, the story of Samaster and the cult of the dragon for another time. Very cool. Okay. I like this uh, a lot. Yeah. And I mean, in the, in the canon again, like, Usually campaigns take place around like 1500 DR. We're probably at about 1300-ish, 1370-ish DR. So uh, 
pretty pretty close to this is where uh tiamat is in the current canon i believe zariel the arc the former archangel is now in charge of avernus while tiamat is still still stuck there and guarding the gate to dis uh it is someone else who has a responsibility of quaying rebellions and and Fighting the Blood War, which is another thing I mentioned offhand in this in this episode. We talked about it in our Oberith's episode. It was it's where there's a Oh uh, them, the the kind of fish octopus guys, right? Well, yeah. Jamie Jamie mentioned like, oh, you know, you, you this is your art a demon you you doing this or whatever. They're these are not demons. We haven't talked about demons at all. We're talking about devils. There's a clear distinction between devils. them. Oh, there's yeah. a there's a scar on Avernus called the River Styx, which is a uh, basically a portal to the abyss where demons are just kind of pouring through where demons are chaotic mm. evil devils are very lawful evil and they hate each other and they're okay, involved okay. in a everlasting conflict known as the blood war we talked about that oh. on our Oberith episode I think I promised maybe doing an episode specifically on the blood, blood war someday uh, we can't all live up to our promises man exactly crazy. Yeah. yeah I think my next episode <laughs> I'd love to do cult of the dragon which would uh. maybe toss on that too but who knows this uh, had me in the mood to play RP, uh, tabletop RPG, which I think we're going to get to in a couple of weeks. So yeah, you know, yeah, yeah at yeah, Ethan's right, hands. Yeah. yeah, not uh, not D and D probably. I mean, I could do D and D if Bobby wants to do. But, I, I uh, wanted to continue the the ship because we already knew how to play our characters and stuff. But anyways, it's Bobby's but, birthday. And we'll, yeah, 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 I mean, the, <laughs> yeah. Specifically, why I'm moving away away from that is because like you guys, you say you know how to play. I don't trust that you remember the rules from Christmas enough that I don't have to re-explain them all. And the new system, Scum and Villainy, which is based on uh, Blades in the Dark, it's a Fortune of the Dark game, is way simpler, where all you're going to do is just tell me what you want to do, and the only thing you're ever going to roll is a D6. So that's all you're okay. ever going to have to worry about is just like a regular die. It's much, much yeah. easier to play. There's always going to be an hour of everyone reading their character sheets at the beginning, and I, fig- no, I figured... Be- has- you won't have a character sheet, man. Like, it, it, oh, yeah? it'll be... You'll have, like, you'll have nine stats or 12 stats i think and that's it okay that's all that's all your character is going to be basically and you're gonna have one ability okay. so like it's gonna be much cool. more simpler cool. um yeah so uh thanks for listening everybody this is uh it's been the lore boy the number one fake history podcast <laughs> uh thanks for listening you guys you guys tuning in downloading every week uh really means the world to us so consider telling a friend if you enjoy the show uh peter is there anything going on in the uh instagram world these days yeah, I mean, uh, steady as she goes. I think it's going well. I'm very happy with a lot of the art that's come out recently. I think uh, I had some trouble there for a while being on time, but uh, definitely have been very inspired. So yeah, at Lorboy's Podcast on Instagram. If you want to check out my comic publisher, at Squared Idea, there's a bunch of fan art that they're doing right now, just in the kind of interim be- between like book releases, basically. Um, yeah, and then theloreboys.com or Discord. Check us out. Yeah. I think uh, uh, all things all things are good. And yeah, if you share this with a friend, all we'll things hit our are good. cool. Uh, <laughs> we're, so we're gonna we're gonna hit our cool million like very Dude. soon. Or possibly hey, we've only been saying it for a year, guys. Yeah, you, you ruin it. You're gonna ruin the 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 the, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the burst when it actually happens by bleeding it up for three hey, months. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of downloads, man. <laughs> It's cool. uh, if you if you do want to, uh, it it's me, the Beatles. And if you want to meet the Beatles, come into the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> David, uh, uh, David is our new mod. Welcome to him. Uh, yeah, go to Discord.gg/loreboys. L O R E B O Y S. And there's an event coming up. Uh, let me double check the event. If you want to come hang out with us, you just April go 8th. to the disc. April 8th at 7 p.m. EST. You can just go to the Discord server and right at the top, it'll show you anytime there's an event. And David's putting some effort into uh, making these happen. We have already like 20 people interested 
in this one. So it should be a fun one. Like maybe we'll play some Jackbox if we have that kind of numbers. And uh, usually it'll be more like in, in the handful. So it's not so overwhelming, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. The server is growing and you could be a part of that. There's a ton of cool people, kind of ton of cool cha channels. You can group up with people. You can just hang out or you can just lurk. And uh, yeah, yeah, just do what you like. It's a good community. Just freaking come and come and say hi. Come and join us. You know, we're we're kicking off some pretty pretty cool and pretty exciting wars over here. Uh, you know, we can guarantee, wars, of course, we can guarantee that all of the Beatles are in the Discord server too. Just wanted to say that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly. Well, both. Yeah. Right. Yeah, all of them. Okay, so the Holy <laughs> all Wars. Both we're, of them. All we're both doing. Of them. Uh, we have a Patreon. Uh, if you guys want to support the show financially, uh, do check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the lore boys. Uh, we have a couple different tiers. You'll get all the bonus content uh, that you could you could ever fucking stomach. I pro I fucking <laughs> bet you you couldn't listen to all the bonus content we got on Patreon right now. Fucking make you sick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do, do check it out. He'll be like, what? A whole computer on top of a terrarium? <laughs> <laughs> For 40 minutes, just us fucking <laughs> arguing about fucking Jamie's fucking setup. Uh, hey, man. Um, motherfucking <laughs> bragging about how much he's putting into his fucking RRSP. Still got his fucking computer propped up on a fucking terrarium Yeah, exactly. Living like an actual pigeon, basically. Hey, <laughs> like I, like I, a yeah. bed of straw. <laughs> I've been financially independent since 18 years old. And <laughs> I think I, I yeah. carry some of those like being way too careful from my younger years into... Yeah. Uh, yeah so so, uh we are kicking off some holy wars because we know you guys all worship us naturally uh and it's hard to worship you know a single god with so many different aspects mine of course being the the you know lawful good pete being lawful evil naturally he's the bully of the podcast as discussed before and (laughs) and jamie jamie make completing the equilateral equilateral triangle by being just chaotic neutral and just being fully (laughs) fully good and evil but also just fucking (laughs) crazy all the time Uh, so i guess choose your deity uh you know uh i I, i'm not gonna lie i I feel kind of like the nerd of the group and you know i i i got my references included in my script in case anybody wants to read it and oh yeah uh, this is an mla episode don't you guys worry about it (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's it shifts with the sands of time i remember there was times when when you were the like less nerdy and i was the more like oh come on guys let's stay on track yeah yeah uh yeah so uh choose your choose your allegiance because like uh it's gonna be fucking bloody uh, i guess so crunch at us totally totally and i guess that would cost you a lore boys boys, lore boys. Out. out out i really needed to go bathroom Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.